0: We're live, welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, your host for the show. At Daily Confidence, we share tips, strategies, and actionable advice uh, that you could use to uh, boost your confidence around different areas of your business, whether it's finance, whether it's uh, sales, mindset, you name it, we've got uh, experts that we bring in to, uh, that they will share strategies with you now uh this episode is sponsored by persayo persayo specializes in helping uh coaches and consultants create and implement their one-page marketing plan in three days or less and uh, they've got this course coming up simple marketing formula where you can create and implement your one-page marketing plan in three days or less uh, i'm going to share the link here in the comments if you wanted to go Check it out and how to learn how to create and implement your one-page marketing plan with a group of entrepreneurs and do it there. Now I have an amazing guest. Uh, my guest is Renny Gabriel. Welcome, Rennie.
1: Uh, thank you, Mustafa.
0: Great to see you. and today we're talking about three secrets of the wealthy, which favorite topic we're talking about money. and I, 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 I love talking about money. Well one is, well, I love making money. And it's a topic that not too many people actually talk about it, especially like on podcasts. Like it's not a conversation people run around and be like, hey, let's talk about money, right? So That's right. having having the right mindset around money is amazing. Um, so welcome, Rennie. How's your day going so far?
1: Uh, it's going great. It's busy and I'm getting stuff done. Beautiful. Uh,
0: So I'm going to do the proper introduction for Rennie, and then we're going to dive right into it. After two divorces and a business failure, Rennie went from broke at age 50 to multimillionaire after learning the three secrets of the wealthy, despite failing high school math. So he's probably not very good at math. (laughs) He now donates 100% of the profits from his online programs to a charity that trains rescue dogs for wounded soldiers. His award-winning, best-selling book, Wealth on Any Income, has been translated into eight languages. Welcome, Renny.
1: Oh, thank you, Mustafa.
0: Great to see uh, you. How's your day so far?
1: uh, Terrific. And uh, I enjoy talking about the three secrets of the wealthy because (laughs) that's all there really is. It's not a complicated process. And, you know, as an example for your listeners, what I learned from wealthy people as an example was not to focus on paying off debt but to focus on building my net worth instead and i would if i would have done what my cpa and other financial gurus told me to do or tell other people to do i'd still be struggling over money and not be a multimillionaire Absolutely. so I'd, yeah i'd still have to work to support myself and wouldn't be able to donate 100% of my business profits to charity.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, Rennie, what's your story? How did you get
1: into doing what you're doing now? Um, well, <laughs> struggling all my life over money, I realized I, I want to have a solution. This is painful. Um, at one point, things were so bad, I actually had to collect soda bottles and cans to get the refund money to buy food for my family. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, when I say I know what it's like to have no money, I mean, no money. And you so, really mean it. Yeah, I really mean it. So at this stage of life, to not have to work for a living, to donate 100% of the profits from teaching other people how to handle money powerfully, you know, I'm just very blessed.
0: Love it. Love it. So what do you do
1: these days and who do you serve? Um, primarily, I serve other entrepreneurs. Uh, coaches, authors, speakers, uh, corporate trainers, contractors, realtors. Primarily, I would say my practice is limited to only working with people who have to handle money.
0: Work with coaches, entrepreneurs, authors, and the rest of them who need to or do handle money. And yeah. what do you do for them? What do you teach them? Or
1: The foundations, the fundamentals. The reality is, This is not taught in school. Teachers can't teach what they don't know or haven't learned. Parents can't teach what they've never learned or what they don't know. So what I found is nine out of 10 people have never learned the foundations or fundamentals of handling money effectively. So that's where we start. Matt, I
0: wonder if there are there any any schools or any private schools even that teach like money skills, money mindset, or life skills that are not in, taught in other schools? Do you know well, of
1: any? I've asked this question to literally thousands and thousands of people, and a few people have said they learned it in school. They had taken a class where the teacher emphasized this, but the reality was there was no coordination in terms of the school district providing it or the school system providing it. It's just, they lucked out in taking a class from a specific teacher who wanted to pass these skills on.
0: And it, and it, it, it's a,
1: it's an essential skill, right? That's like, why I say I only work with people who have to handle money. The reality is that's everyone.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, it's like, It is nice for me to study geography and history and all that, (laughs) but it probably doesn't pay my bills.
1: Exactly. You're not going to pay your mortgage with what the size of uh, Liechtenstein.
0: Exactly.
1: So what are some of the myths that
0: people um, believe around money?
1: Oh, well, I alluded to one of them my opening comments. And that is the idea that people believe they should pay off consumer debt or credit card debt before they begin building their net worth or saving or investing. That I'll give myself as an example. When I was age 50 and broke, I had credit card debt. I didn't even have a good credit score. Um, but what I was doing was taking another concept of the wealthy and paying myself first. And you've probably heard of that. Most of your listeners have probably heard of that. It's irrelevant that they've heard of it Uh, because unless they're doing it, the fact they know about it doesn't mean anything. Right? Knowledge is the booby prize. Right. Um, So I was paying myself, I was earning 5,000 a month. It's not a lot of money. That's why the book is titled Wealth on Any Income. I'm setting aside 10% or $500 a month. I'm buying some individual stocks with that. And in three years, I saved up $18,000. That $18,000 could have paid off my credit card debt. And had I paid off my credit card debt, when the opportunity came along to buy a three-unit piece of real estate, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I'd have had no debt and I would have still been struggling and have no net worth. Instead of having millions of dollars like I have, I'd have just had no debt. Hmm. So the, there should not be a focus on paying off credit card debt. That's the biggest myth of all. The next one is small amounts of money don't count. They do count. As an example, people go to Starbucks and buy a you know some foo foo drink and a muffin, spend ten dollars a day, and think you know it's nothing. It's $10 a day is not going to do anything. Well, that's oh, $300 a month.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: $300 a month over 30 years, properly invested, will create a $1 million portfolio.
0: $300 a month.
1: $300 a month will oh, create God. a $1 million portfolio if it's invested intelligently.
0: Very interesting. So, um, Small
1: amounts of money do matter.
0: Do count. What was the first one you covered again?
1: Uh, Focusing on paying off debt Debt first. first.
0: Okay. And what's the third one?
1: The third one happens to be, it's funny, (laughs) is that you need a good credit score to create wealth. Like I said, at age 50, I didn't have, I had credit card debt. I didn't have a good credit score. I was following my second divorce. But what you can do, and what I did, is I aligned myself with my third wife and this realtor who had good credit scores, and together we purchased real estate. So their credit scores were used to purchase the real estate. I mean, I was added to the loan, but the bank didn't care about me. My credit score was lousy. So you don't need a good credit score to create wealth.
0: So what should people do with their debt on their credit card or other debt? Uh, how do you deal with that? Well, let's say uh, somebody's is watching today, they're like, you know what, I wanna start doing this, but I got 10, 15, $20,000 in credit card debt. How do we go about it? How do we get it started? What's, okay. what, what do I, how, what do, what's the thinking around it?
1: Okay, I'm gonna, can I put you on the spot? Sure. Okay, so have you heard of the expression, pay yourself first?
0: Yes, that was my other question. What exactly do you mean by that?
1: Oh, that's a great question because I was going to ask you to explain it. So, so you've I, you've heard of the expression just like most people have heard of it. Right. But one, nine out of 10 people can't explain it mm-hmm. and nine out of 10 people are not implementing it. And when you when you're talking about getting rid of the debt, that's what you do instead. So I'm going to explain it. Okay. I, I said I was... Earning $5,000 a month and setting aside $500 a month. That $500 a month is what I was paying myself first with, setting it aside that I would never spend. And I was investing it. And that investing is what gives me the passive income so I don't have to work for the rest of my life. So paying yourself first means you're first in line, you're not paying the grocer, you're not making the car payment, you're not making the mortgage payment. That's money you're setting aside to keep for the rest of your life. In addition to that, you wanna set aside some money to spend later, maybe another five or 10%. The reality, if someone lives on 80% of what they're earning, and I don't care if they're a a business owner with a volatile income, they're getting a paycheck, if they live on 80% of what comes in, everything will work out. They can make the payments on their credit cards. They can make their mortgage payment. They can buy their groceries and everything else will work.
0: Love it. Now, gang, if you're watching or listening, uh, Rennie and I are talking about the uh, secrets of the wealthy. If you have any questions about money, money mindset and the rest of it, pop it in, in the comments and we'll do our best to, uh, answer your questions. Now, Rennie, here's a cu- curious question. Let's say that, um, my income doesn't cover my expenses right now and i'm I, I'm guessing that's a common question
1: uh, yes it is and, and I've I've had people say that go ahead
0: let's say that I'm earning three thousand dollars a month and my expenses are five mm-hmm. thousand dollars a month how do I go about this do I wait until my expenses are less than my income or how, what's the strategy around that
1: it, it's so funny this is going to sound completely counterintuitive. Okay. But I had a uh, psychologist that was a client and she said something, well, and, and an attorney, I'll go back to the attorney because the attorney's income was um, 5,000 a month, but his expenses were 5,500 to 6,000 a month. Uh huh. So he was short 500 to a thousand dollars a month to cover his expenses. Right. And I said, you need to pay yourself first. He said, "Renny, you're not listening to me. I can't pay myself first. I can't even meet my expenses now. Right. So I said, okay, let's say you're short $500 a month and you set aside $250 to keep for yourself as though, as though you deserve to own some of the money you're working for. Now, let me ask you this you're short 500 a month, you pay yourself first. Now you're short 750 a month. I got to figure out how to say this clean language, which is not what I did with the attorney. How the heck does it matter that you're short 750 or 500? Does it really make any friggin' difference? And he said, no, I'm short either way. I said, exactly, but now You've got $250 that's yours, like you deserve to have something. And I said, just do it and see what happens. Guess what? Now that he recognized he wasn't a conduit for the money coming in one hand and going out the other, but he could actually keep some of it, he started earning more money. And he started earning more money than his expenses because his mind shifted to if I make more money, I will actually have something to show for it. Where before the thinking was, it doesn't matter how much I earn, I'm not gonna have anything. All I can do is cover my expenses. I won't end up with anything anyway. So what does it really matter? That was his thinking. So until he took different actions, his thinking couldn't change. So would you
0: then suggest someone that is in that situation, which I I think there are a lot of people out there that that are in that situation. So let's say that I put set aside $250 a month. What happens next for people that cannot think it through?
1: When you start paying yourself first, like you deserve to have some of it, Uh you start looking at how do I generate more money? Where can I trim expenses and make it work out better. You start to look at those things that aren't working. And by the way, one of the things I haven't said, and this is really important, I kind of alluded to it with, when I talked about buying the real estate with my wife and this realtor, I didn't say that wealth creation is a team sport, not a solo sport. No one has to do this by themselves. They can enroll a coworker a family member, someone else they can trust who doesn't give them flack in supporting them through the process. And the way that I've seen this work is two or three people support each other to get out of the problem. Love it. And and it works. You don't have to do this by yourself. You know what, this
0: is the first time that I actually hear something like this About, about money. You know, um, first time. Yeah, and I've read up. I've attended money seminars, and I've. Yeah! Wow. Well, that's because
1: most people who put on money seminars, most financial gurus, are in it to make money more than they are to serve people. They're there to serve people, but I'm turning it around. I'm here to serve people, making money comes later. Like Zig Ziglar used to say, if you help if you help people just get what they want, you'll get you'll what get you, where want. you want. You got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Love it. And Love it. What's the difference
0: between um, going, I mean, to credit cards and the rest of it, what's the difference between good debt and bad debt?
1: Well, I, good debt is what the wealthy use to create a bigger net worth. And bad debt is consumer debt, like charging a meal on a credit card and paying it off over a few months. Anything that you consume, whether it's a meal, groceries, an automobile, you use up an automobile too. I call that bad debt. Bad debt will not create wealth for you. Good debt will. As an example, I borrowed money, well, myself and my partners, we borrowed money from the bank in addition to our down payment to buy multi-level uh multi-unit residential real estate. So I didn't pay off the debt from the bank. Guess who paid it off?
0: The renters.
1: Exactly. The renters paid enough rent that we had a profit and made the mortgage payment and the utility payments and everything else. And I, I walk my talk when I'm talking about taking care of tenants because through this entire pandemic, one hundred percent of my tenants, except for one, have paid 100 percent of their rent through the entire pandemic. Hmm. how did you pull that off? Because I take care of my tenants. I treat them like they deserve to be treated as human beings, and they treat me like I deserve to receive my rents. That's a good business business ethic. Yes,
0: right. Treat them like they 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 deserve to be treated. So you're not yes. just taking their money. And, exactly. Uh, and
1: there are others, other people who own properties that don't treat them that way. And their tenants decide to screw them. Uh, fine. I have no sympathy for those landlords. Absolutely. Hmm.
0: What's the different? How do the wealthy? How is their attitude
1: different towards money? The wealthy you know what I, I realized I should give you all three secrets and the biggest one is what you're asking me about it's the attitude. So the wealthy the three th- secrets are aFI it, it doesn't stand for American Film Institute uh, <laughs> yeah A-F-I, stands, A-F-I. AFI that's the acronym it okay. stands for uh huh forms and investments. The wealthy do have different attitudes. And I'll give you an example. They look at the forms that most of us have seen, but they look at them differently, like the net worth statement or cash flow statement. And the investments, they're not limited to stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. As an example, in the real estate category, there's 20, there's two dozen more than that different in real estate investment areas that are available. And I can go through that later, but let's get to what you asked about the attitude. Uh So I'll give you one. Um, Oh, and I'll use the expression we already talked about, pay yourself first. When a wealthy person hears familiar information, like pay yourself first, they don't make a statement like ordinary people do. They don't say, oh, I've heard that. Oh, that's not new to me. You know, oh, doesn't everybody know that? They don't make statements. They ask questions. Mm -hmm. And the questions start with words like, when? Well, when will I begin doing that? Or what? Like, hmm, what investments could I be making? Uh Or where? Like, where does this apply to me? Or how? Hmm, pay yourself. How would I do that? Or who? Who? Hmm, who could support me with that? So a wealthy person asks questions which lead to the answers which produce results. The ordinary person makes a statement when they hear familiar information that leads nowhere.
0: Interesting.
1: So, so that's they ask they, they're the curious
0: about what's happening. How do I make it happen instead of coming up with some dumb response like, Oh, I have know that. I've read a book on that. Or <laughs> I've watched a YouTube video on that. And I know it pretty well. Yeah, but your results are not matching, buddy.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: I love it. Love it.
1: So, yeah, so that's one of the attitudes. I, I wrote a book recently called Attitudes of the Wealthy. I've listed over 30 attitudes that wealthy people have that ordinary people don't. Like, it's okay to talk about money, ordinary people don't want to talk about money. They're embarrassed. Wealthy people talk about it because they're learning from other wealthy people what they're doing that they may not be doing that they could be doing.
0: Very interesting. Talking about money. So what's a What's a, How do they t- in what context do they talk about money?
1: All sorts of ways. Uh, What stocks they're investing in, uh, Uh what real estate they're investing in, how much they're paying their assistant or other employees, um, what the the salary range is for different people that they might think about wanting to hire. That's talking about money.
0: So how they're making money, what they're investing in, what's working, what's not working, what are some opportunities out there? And they, they talk about it.
1: All hmm. of that stuff.
0: They don't get all creative and intelligent and wise and say, oh, I'm going to keep it all to myself. And I'm nope. Not.
1: Hmm. nope. That's not what they're doing.
0: Now, do these guys know or have some secrets that other people don't?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, it would probably – the three secrets are attitude, forms, and investments. But I'll give you an example. With the forms – Um, You and I might look at uh, a balance sheet that lists our assets and lists our liabilities and say, oh, look how much equity I have in my house. Yeah. A wealthy person doesn't look at the asset form that same way. They don't look at the balance sheet like an ordinary person. They only look for what assets will generate an income. For most people, the house doesn't generate an income, generates expenses. There's the insurance, there's the utilities, there's the repairs, there's the maintenance. I mean, maybe they're using it for Airbnb, but generally the house provides expenses, right. not income.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they're looking at what does produce an income. That's all that matters. And is it producing at the level it could be? You know, if they have a large bank balance that's earning next to nothing, maybe it should be allocated a little bit differently. Now, I don't want to say people should not have a bank balance. I mean, I have a multi-six-figure bank balance, but I have insecurities. And when this pandemic hit, my wife and I looked at the bank balance and said, you know what? If not one tenant pays rent, If not one investment pays dividends, if not one investment pays us interest, we still have enough money to last us the next two years if no one pays us anything. That's nice. Yeah. But that's because I'm insecure.
0: That's because you're insecure or secure? Insecure.
1: Yes. Insecure.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: What I mean by that is...
0: I mean, that's pretty secure to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know... As an example, I'm too insecure to have a job. People say, "Okay, that doesn't make any sense. Well, if I had a job and 100% of my income came from one source and they went out of business or they decided to fire me or lay me off or merge with another company and make my position redundant, I'd lose 100% of my income, but I'd still have 100% of my expenses. So when I say I'm insecure, I mean, I like to have a large bank balance. So I don't have to worry if no one pays me. I don't want to have a job because if I lose it, I've got no more income. So-
0: Got it. So that insecurity is leading you to create security. Exactly. Right? So you're not like depending on one thing and- No. uh, You're not worried about,
1: you know. Multiple streams of income. As an example, when I was building a pension administration company, we had 300 clients. We were able to sell it off to a public company. But what I'm getting at is, let's say one of the clients said to me, you know, Rennie, I think you're a jerk. I don't want to do business with you anymore. So what? We still have 299 people still paying us.
0: Very nice. That's a nice way to look at it. Hmm. Um. Speaking of forms and the wealthy people, how do they track their wealth?
1: Well, one of the good examples is the income and expense form. Um, and By the way, if any of your listeners want copies of these forms, uh, I'll send them out for free. They can go to my website, you know, log on to my, um, you know, go to wealth on any com forward slash TEDx. They'll see my TEDx talk. They'll see a nine step roadmap to complete financial choice. They can send me an email. I'll, I'll send these forms out for free.
0: Let me actually post the, uh, the link here, gang. So if you want to get a a hang of his forms and get access to, to Rennie's TEDx talk, where he talks about his roadmap to a complete financial choice, go to, if you're listening to this, go to, um, Wealth on, on income.com income. forward slash TEDx, T-E-D-X, and then you'll get access to um, the, the form and the talk, talk roadmap, and the roadmap yeah. and everything else.
1: Exactly. So as an example, on the uh, income and expense form on the left side where I talk about where's your income coming from, if someone has a job, they only have one number to fill in there. But what they'll see is there's piles of other places where their income could be coming from. Interest income, royalty income, uh, network marketing income, business income, uh, retirement income, um, just you know, a whole host of things uh, I can't even remember off the top of my head. The mm-hmm. point is multiple sources of income. So, you know, a wealthy person looks and saying, am I utilizing all the different sources where I could be having income?
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Now, when it comes to investments, I mean, we got to uh, pay ourselves first. Yeah. And we talked about, uh, you know, securing 10% of. Now, let's, let's touch base on that because I think a lot of people are un- unclear on that. If I have an X amount of money coming in, let's say it's five grand a month. It's fine. Do we pay ourselves based on percentages? Yes. Is it like 10% of whatever comes in, I put it in an account and that's my money, that is how I pay myself first. That's correct. Right and now.
1: I've had business owners say, oh yes, I pay myself first. I'm the first one to get a paycheck out of my company before I pay the other employees or the other expenses.
0: That's not how it goes. Right? That's is not it? how it
1: goes. Because oh. with that paycheck, then they're making the mortgage payment and the car payment and the groceries, and they end up with nothing.
0: You're okay.
1: They got a paycheck, but they didn't pay themselves first money that they're keeping for the rest of their life.
0: Here's another technical question. Do for business owners, do they pay themselves first on their on, on sales, 10% of sales, or is it after expenses?
1: It could be either way. I had a building contractor who when I was talking to about paying them himself first, he said, well, Rennie, I, you know, by the time I pay the vendors and the materials and the office rent and the staff, you know, I, I can't pay myself first. And I said, are you trying to tell me that you couldn't take 1% from your gross revenue and set that aside and cover your expenses? He said, well, I guess I could. So I said, fine. I mean, his annual revenue was like, I don't know, five, $600,000 a year. So let's say it's 600,000. By the way, I failed high school math. So so let me do this slowly.
0: Uh, $6,000 on 1%. Uh,
1: okay. But 600,000 would be divided by 12 is 50,000 a month. Okay. Yeah. So 50, that 1% of 50,000, I don't know. What is that? Uh, 500
0: bucks. 500?
1: Yeah. Okay, fine. So I said, are you trying to tell me if $50,000 comes in the door, you couldn't set aside $500? You say, oh, okay, I guess I could. Well, six uh-huh. months later, he'd saved up $50,000 because 1% was too little. It didn't change anything.
0: So he's like, I could probably take out more and then he saved up more.
1: Exactly. Because he found out he could do more, but you got to get started before it can show up. and mm-hmm. that, that's That's one thing that showed up. The other thing, he was very coachable by the way. If I said, you know, you ought to do a tax deferred exchange with this piece of property, you ought to sell this piece of property. You ought to rehab this piece of property. You ought to buy wife for your flowers. Wife for your flowers, flowers for your wife. It didn't matter what I said, he just did it. And in the six months we worked together, his net worth increased by $600,000. It's a $100,000 a month increase. He just did what I said.
0: That is interesting. Yeah. Again, if you're watching or listening, and if you want any results, even half of that, one fifth of that results, Mm -hmm. a lot of people will be more than happy. Right? That'd be tickled pink. So do you reach out? The website is wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. Now, Rennie, I... For what I've learned over the years, once you take that money, you, that once you pay yourself first, you've got to invest that money. You don't Absolutely. just put it in an yes.
1: account. Correct.
0: Now, where do the wealthy invest?
1: The wealthy, like I said, are not limited to stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Um, one of the major investments that I found for most wealthy people, including myself, is in real estate. And when someone says, you know, you can invest in real estate, they think, oh, I'll buy a house. Well, guess what? There's two dozen different things besides a house. There's multi-unit residential properties. There's office buildings. There's office parks. There's board and care facilities. There's student housing. Um, There's self-storage facilities. There's uh, triple net leases. I mean, I could just go, there's raw land. There's trust deeds. You know, I mean, it's just dozens in just investing in real estate.
0: Mm hmm. And so what if I can't really buy anything with $500 a month? What do we do
1: then? That's where that's where I started. What I did was I bought individual stocks of companies on the Dow Jones Industrial 30. Uh, and I just buy one share of stock of a few different companies. And in essence, I built my own mutual fund. And that's God. what I was doing with my 500 a month. Now, here's what I think is fabulous. This was at the time of people investing in the dot com companies. Oh, right. Yep. And when the bubble burst and people lost 30 and 40% of the value of their investments, I wasn't doing that. I was investing in companies, the blue chips. And I was pretty much even. With all the money I set aside, I set aside eighteen thousand dollars over the three years. I had eighteen thousand dollars, and other people lost thirty and forty percent.
0: Very interesting. So you would invest the money so it's not just staying as much as it is. Uh, uh, Like if you set aside five hundred dollars a month, you wanted to put it in a in a uh,
1: something in a financial
0: vehicle that would grow uh, over time.
1: Exactly. Even and, if
0: it's 1% a year or whatever, it's still growing and it's not because considering, I think, inflation, you want to put it in, in a place where it's growing and, you know, turning into something.
1: Yeah. Now, at this point, we have, you know, w- seven figures invested in the stock market. Uh, but what we're doing is we're not just waiting for the market to go up or down. We're actively using the portfolio to generate an income with covered call option writing. We're making, uh, let's see, what is it? I'm trying to, see, well, let's see, hold on a sec. Five figures a month in premium income from covered call writing.
0: I have no idea what that means.
1: No, that's okay. It's what wealthy people do. <laughs>
0: All right, I'll take All right? it.
1: I mean, you know, there's oil and gas investments, there's equipment leasing, um you know there's the real estate i mean there's piles of things where the wealthy can put their money besides stocks bonds and mutual funds and if they're doing it in stocks there's a way of generating massive income even if the stock market isn't going up absolutely okay so um
0: another technical question so then once you have that 10 let's say 500 dollars a month that you set aside Do you then divide that up into different portions and invest it differently into different types of investments?
1: Um, Yes and no. One of the things that I do recommend when people are starting out is that they might have to split that 10% into two areas, 5% each. And maybe it's 5% that they keep for the rest of their life and 5% to spend later on the things they weren't expecting to have to spend money on. Like the car breaking down, the water heater bursting, whatever. So initially they may end up having to split that. But the money that they're setting aside and investing um, doesn't have to go into different areas. I mean, $500, there's not much you can diversify. It's not like you can buy an apartment building, and stocks, and an oil and gas investment.
0: Got it, got it. So I guess you have to build it up, uh, save up to uh, to a certain amount where you could do something with
1: it. Yes.
0: Or And at the same time, work on increasing your income so you could save
1: more of it. Exactly, and, right? and okay. they both can happen at the same time. Right, I, absolutely. When we were building the real estate portfolio, I mean, it took, yeah, five years to go from three units to 50 five zero units that we owned and managed and it took th- that five years to go from eighteen thousand dollars being everything i had to having multi multi-millions but uh, heck it was only five years what do you say to people who don't have the
0: patience for five years and they've got they're like i want to have it three months from now
1: um, go somewhere else. <laughs> good, good luck. It's, it's unrealistic. <laughs> you know. No, but you, how do
0: I convince them that that, that the long term wait is the way to go?
1: Um, you may be able to, or you may not. Any more than you can convince someone to get a COVID shot who believes it's all a conspiracy, and the previous president of the country knew best. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to get political, but even though he didn't think. Anyone needed a vaccine, he still got it. Yeah, even Sean Hannity is saying it's time to get vaccinated. Yeah, I'm sorry to throw out names, but no, 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 it's all
0: good. Um, so I guess the long term play is the way to go, yeah, at the end of the day.
1: And and five years, I don't think is all that long. I mean, if if you're 30 years of age, you'd only be 35, if you're 60. You'd only be hitting retirement age.
0: Yeah, yeah. A- and I guess the question is, what's what's the alternative?
1: Oh, the alternative is to be broke for the rest of your life. Yeah. Either, like Warren Buffett yeah. says. I love, Warren Buffett's got two, two quotes I'd love to, to, to lay on your listeners. Please. The first one is, if you haven't figured out how to make money while you sleep, you will work the rest of your life.
0: Oh, that's gold. I love it.
1: So what you and I are talking about is how you can create a passive income so you don't have to work the rest of your life, and it can be done in as little as five years. The second quote from Warren Buffett that I love is he says, of the billionaires I have met, money just brings out the basic traits in them. If they were jerks before they had money, they were simply jerks with a billion dollars. Which means if someone is good and they create wealth, they'll still be good. Money will not corrupt them. Money only corrupts people who are corrupt to begin with.
0: Absolutely.
1: Hmm. So, you know, my job is to raise philanthropists. I donate 100% of my profits to the charity Shelter to Soldier that rescues dogs from environments where they could be euthanized and trained as service animals for soldiers that would have otherwise committed suicide my purpose is to create more philanthropists because the wealthiest people on the planet are the biggest philanthropists
0: yeah i mean the more money you would have then the more you can spend and help mm-hmm. others
1: the more good you can do exactly
0: uh, th- this one thing i learned from jim Rohn, and i absolutely love what he said he says if you make 10 million dollars a year and your expenses are only three now you have $7 million that you could give away and help and do some good with it. Yes. But if you don't make that extra $7 million a year, then you can't do much with that, right? Exactly. So,
1: hmm. I, I, Jim Rohn has another great quote, which is, your income will be the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Which means oh. you want to upgrade who you spend time with if you want to make more money
0: so if, if if uh if the people that i hang out with are a bunch of broke losers what do i do
1: uh you find people who are where you want to be and start hanging out with them and that's what i did
0: and get rid of your loser friends
1: uh you can ha- just spend less time with them
0: <laughs> and i guess over time you would lose them
1: yeah you would because they're going to be jealous they're going to be Telling you what you're doing is wrong. They wanted to keep you where you were, and unfortunately, you can either bring them with you, or you have to leave them behind. Uh, let's let's dig
0: deeper into this, because I think this is a very important topic that uh, 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 stops people from making a move because they don't want to lose their friends. That's yes, or their friends don't want to lose them. Correct. Like if I'm connected with a bunch of people. And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to take a different route. And and, and they're like, oh, we don't want to lose you. Don't do that stupid, dumb stuff. Stop listening to this guy who says he can make you a millionaire. Those are all uh, scams and this and that. What has been your way? How did you approach this particular problem? Which I know it's a deep subconscious psychological problem, which prevents people from moving because... Here's another side of it. And that is people have fear of becoming rich because they don't want to lose their parents and mom and dad. And how do you how do you how do you overcome that? What's your what's your advice for those people?
1: Well, the first thing is to become aware of the thinking. Okay. When it's unconscious, you can't change it. Only when you become aware of it and start to examine it, can you even think about doing something different? Mm-hmm. And yes. There are people I've met who said, I don't want to make more money than my dad because that's going to hurt him. He's going to feel resentful. And then they when but if they're, it's unconscious, they're just operating by it. And then the funny part is if they actually have a conversation with their father and say something along the lines of, you know, dad, I'd like to make more money, but I have a concern that might upset you if I make more money than you. And the funniest things happen in those conversations. The father says, What the heck are you talking about? That's crazy talk. I would love you to make more money than me.
0: That's what usually dads would say.
1: Exactly. But until mm. you th- become conscious of it, before you bring it out in the open, before you examine it under the light of day, you can't change it.
0: Love it. Because this is my experience Right out of school I was in school when I started my bus- my business And I started making more money Than the crowd that I was hanging out with mm-hmm. And over time I started losing my friends
1: mm-hmm.
0: And it was to the point where I would call them Do you want to hang out? No Why? Oh you know what I got I gotta water my flowers I can't yeah, hang yeah. out with you it, They would just come up with some dumb Dumb excuse yeah, And for the longest time, I didn't know why this is happening. And it, it was, I guess, happening on a, on a, on a subconscious level where they, what happened was they could not see themselves in me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't want to lose my friends. I was trying to hang out to my old friends and it was kind of yeah. st- probably stopping my progress. But then after a few years, I lost all of them. Then I learned in a show or someone was talking about how Oprah Winfrey when she lost about 40 pounds she lost 40% of her audience
1: Mm. because
0: they could not see themselves in her anymore.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then I had this big aha moment like oh my god this is why I lost my friends because they could not see themselves in me anymore. So I guess for those of you who are watching or listening, if you decide to take a different route, this is part of the progress. So, you know, buckle up, get ready for it. Uh, You cannot hang out with a bunch of losers and expect to hang out with Warren Buffett or the likes of him or other, you know, rich and wealthy people.
1: Yeah. And it's it's a situation where there's the choice of offering to take them along with you if they're open to it. Exactly. And if they're not, it's just not going to work out. And there's a fabulous book uh, by a group of people who've done empirical studies in this area, and it's called Change Anything. Okay. And it talks about the six areas of support that will allow anyone to accomplish anything from getting off drugs to creating wealth or a promotion at work or enhancing their relationship. It doesn't matter. This is why I say wealth creation is a team sport, not a solo sport. There are six areas. And they talk about you need to have the friends that support where you want to go. And if you are a smoker and you want to give up smoking, you can't continue to hang around smoker. with Smokers.
0: Absolutely, I, I love the, I, uh, the 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 statement. Wealth creation is a team sport, is not a solo sport. Correct. I say that about running a business, that running a business is a team sport. It it's is. not a solo sport.
1: That's correct.
0: Absolutely.
1: And it doesn't yeah. matter if it's a business, wealth, or even relationships. Absolutely. Not now, um, to do it by yourself.
0: Yeah, you, it, it would be extremely difficult if you do it by your own. And if you do it on your own, you only can go so far. Exactly. It, I mean, we have limits. I know in my experience in business, doing it alone, I can only do hundred hundred fifty grand a year if I push myself, right? You need people to to um, to do anything in life. It's like yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And and you know, like I like I used Warren Buffett's quote about you know the the billionaire who was a jerk before is just a billion um, just has a billion dollars. He's still a jerk. Yeah. And, and the thing is that when you associate with the kind of people who are like you or where you want to go, your life is more enriched. You will go farther than you could go alone. And and you look at any athletic person you respect. They didn't get there by themselves. Mm-hmm. They had a coach. They usually had team members that supported them. Multiple it doesn't matter where you look.
0: Yeah. I, he- I heard um, uh, Tiger Woods had five coaches. Yeah one for each each different stage of the game mindset coach bodybuilding coach and you know all sorts of different coaches
1: a putting coach a driving coach yeah exactly oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah and anthony hopkins the uh the multi award winning emmy award winning uh academy award winning actor uh when he was asked if he had a coach he said no i have seven He's got one coach for stage. He's got another coach for voice. He's got another coach for movement. The best in the field have coaches.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I, I can't see how I'm operating myself. I need someone from outside to look at me and give me feedback appropriately, depending on what's happening. Exactly. That's my experience. Now, Renny, can you tell us about your gift here again, at the roadmap to oh, yeah. complete financial choice?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, The roadmap is nine steps. that will take someone from wherever they are to a place where they can have complete financial choice and be philanthropic. And they can hear my TEDx talk, which explains how we've been programmed to think it's better to be poor than wealthy. And the cure is that nine step roadmap. I love it.
0: Rennie, I, I am really glad that we talked today. I, I got to know you on a deeper level. And now if I want to know someone, I think I'm just going to bring them on the show and talk with them <laughs> for an hour. Now, let me ask you some per- personal questions. As we don't have a lot of time left. Um, what's one new thing that you tried
1: recently? Um, probably... Uh, uh, changing my calendar schedule to allow conversations like this, interviews, networking to be only one day a week instead of previously it was two days a week. And guess what? It still works out.
0: Very nice. Um, what are, what are some of your favorite books, top two or three books that have made a massive difference in your life or business?
1: Um, well, one of them is The Richest Man in Babylon, uh-huh. which explains the concept of pay yourself first, mm-hmm. that I've incorporated into my book, Wealth on Any Income. Okay. Um, another one was for, by Barbara Sher called um, Wishcraft. Explains how anything you want, you can get as long as you t- don't do it by yourself. As long as you don't do it by yourself. Yeah, exactly. I mean you can ask anyone for help I I asked my ex-wife help because I wanted to write a book and didn't know how and she reminded me my brother -brother ex-brother-in-law was the number five income producing author for Prentice Hall I could go get input and guidance from him which I did
0: people wouldn't even think about reaching out to their ex never mind getting for advice exactly love it do you have another book for us
1: Uh, Okay, Richest Man Babylon, Wealth on Any Income. Oh, Think and Grow Rich by Mm -hmm. Napoleon Hill. I mean, if you want to find out what the wealthiest people uh, in the country did, uh, read Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. Love it, love it, love it. These are Um, the foundational books any business owner ought to be reading. And that tells me my time is up. You got another... Two or three minutes, right? Yep. And then I've got another interview. Okay. Next
0: question. If you had an ad, a Facebook ad or a Google ad where everyone on on earth could see through the internet, and you had a message for people of earth, what would your message be?
1: If you support and love one another, everything works out. Everything works out. I'm just typing it
0: down. Love it. That's beautiful. What's one advice that made a massive change in your life?
1: That I didn't have to do it by myself. Just be willing to ask for help.
0: What advice would you give your 20-year-old self?
1: Uh, the, The stuff we've been talking about. You want to do well, don't do it by yourself. The problem was I was a latchkey kid. My survival depended on me. So I would, un- I was unwilling to ask for help from anyone else. But in my 40s, I recognized the attitudes of a five-year-old child should not be running a 40-year-old body. Love it.
0: Renny, this has been an absolutely beautiful conversation. I feel like I could just dig more and ask you more questions, talk about money for another good two to four hours. So I, will, I hope to see you back again on the show. Is there anything you would like to add
1: that we didn't talk about? Uh, no, you can invite me back on the show. We'll talk about more stuff. Love it. Love it.
0: Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Gang, uh, if you uh, would like to tap into Rennie's uh, wisdom on uh, the financial freedom and creating uh, wealth for yourself, he has done it. He walks the talk. I have known him for uh, over a year now, and I've quite enjoyed being in his company. And um, he 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 actually does walk the talk, like working with people, reaching out for help, and the rest of it. He has done a book on it. We'll go out to wealthonanyincome forward slash tedx. Take a look at his tedx talk. Uh, download the forms and the rest of it, and we'll go from there. And as usual, uh, we do the giveaway and uh, giveaway gifts if you like. Uh, subscribe and ask questions on the show or on our podcast, subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and different channels, write a review about your content or about this episode or other episodes on Apple or other, uh, channels, you enter your name for the draw. And if you wanted to tap into our sponsors, uh, simple marketing formula course coming up, go to persayo.com forward slash join dash SMF and get a list of uh, the upcoming dates in the course. My name is Mustafa Hosseini. Thank you, Rini, for joining us again. I look forward to chatting with you and I will see you on our next
1: episode. Bye now. Bye, Mustafa. Thank you.